Welcome to Knowledge for Caregivers. My name is Kathy, the host of this podcast. Since I have been a geriatric nurse for almost 10 years, helping seniors age in place, I'm going to give you the knowledge that I used to help my own family so you can help your family. Welcome back to this episode. I am so thankful for modern medicine because as I talked to you on the last episode that I've been having a lot of trouble walking and a lot of heel pain. When I went to the podiatrist, he said, well, we can do another step. And I said, nope, just give me the steroid shot. So I've been able to walk. Unfortunately, we don't really know how long this is all going to last. Today, I wanted to talk about inflammation in our bodies. That's something that we hear a lot. And now scientists and physicians can actually measure different what I call inflammation markers. If you listen to my first episode, I talked about a chemical called interleukin-6, IL-6. There's also one called CPR. They call it CRISPR. What they notice is that people who get older, especially those who are frail, have higher inflammation markers. What they really don't know is does the frailty cause the inflammation or does the inflammation cause the frailty? But what we do know is that we want to bring down those inflammation markers. This is kind of one of the big reasons that people began to look at gum health. And they found out that individuals who had gingivitis and problems with their gums also had more heart disease, more clots, more chances of stroke because that signified that you had a lot of inflammation going on in your body. When I talk about this inflammation markers, it's not something that you can necessarily feel. You know when your knee is inflamed and swollen, but these are actual inflammation processes that really are affecting all your organs and vessels and muscles. As I said again, they just noticed that as people get older, especially if they are more frail, they have an increase in these inflammation markers. What we want to do to successfully age is to try to bring down those inflammation markers so that we can age successfully, be as healthy as possible in our aging process. The good news is everything that you do for your heart, your joints, your lungs are also things that are going to bring down inflammation. The other thing that I often talk about is the stress of caregiving and how that stress can really cause these inflammation markers to go up, especially when you're dealing with spousal caregivers. When we talk about partners who are caregivers, it's very important many times for those of us around them to make sure that we're really encouraging the caregiver to take care of their health. Recently, I just talked to somebody who has a dad who is very frail, but he was the main caregiver for his wife who has very severe dementia. Well, dad ended up in the hospital and now the kids are scrambling to find care for the mom. And dad was really barely able to take care of mom. You know, he, he was making it work, but not in any kind of fashion that anybody thought was a great system. Now they're stuck with what do we do because dad's now going to go to rehab and mom doesn't have anybody to take care of her. Even though they were bringing in some caregivers during the day, you know, mom actually cannot be left alone at all. Therefore, the kids are really, really struggling because all of them have full-time jobs or commitments or maybe live out of town. 
these are the types of things that, as I said, can cause a tremendous amount of stress. And it's really difficult when we start talking to that partner caregiver of trying to take care of themselves. And maybe we can't get them to move or make a decision that we want, but maybe we can do some small steps to encourage them to take care of themselves. So whether you're dealing with an older person who you are taking care of or assisting in their care, or you have a family member who is a caregiver, I just want to give some tips of things that we can do to help bring down those inflammatory markers. One of the things we talk about frequently is exercise, of course. And I'm going to tell you, most of my older people don't want to exercise because they are dealing with degenerative joints. You know, they might tell you their knee is bone on bone, their shoulder is creaky. They have all kinds of problems. Maybe they have balance problems. Exercise doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a gym. There are so many videos where you can sit in a chair and exercise. Doing things like sitting in the chair, doing some toe lifts, some heel lifts, some leg lifts, all of those things are going to build muscle tone. You can also put on some music and do some marching, moving your arms and your legs, even sitting in the chair, and that will have some aerobic components to it and help raise your heartbeat so that a person is getting some exercise. It also doesn't have to be like 30 minutes, even five minutes of that done throughout the day can definitely help. The other thing you can do with exercise is get what's called a TheraBand. These are like three, four foot long bands that you can order online for about $10. You can tie these bands around your legs and stretch your legs out. You can use them to pull on your feet. You can use them to stretch across your arms. There's all kinds of uses you can use on these bands and they will cause your muscles to be strengthened. The other form of exercise besides aerobic and strengthening our muscles that we need to encourage our older people to do are also balance exercises. If they can hold on to the back of a chair and do some squats or do some leg lifts or walk toe to toe safely, make sure they can do that safely before you let them attempt it. All of those things are going to help them improve their balance. So again, when we're looking at exercise, we want things that increase their heart rate, build up their muscle strength, and also improve their balance. If you're not really sure what kind of exercise program that your loved one can do, it is best to consult with your primary care doctor and maybe even get a physical therapist or an occupational therapist involved working with them on exercises that they can do. Even people in bed can do exercises that will help to strengthen their muscles. The second thing we look at, of course, everyone always talks about exercise, is what we eat. Believe it or not, what we eat is a better way to manage inflammation than just taking medication. I'm not against medication, and there's a lot of medications that can help people. One of the things we have as people get older is that Many times they just get really severely underweight just because they've lost their appetite. So we're always dealing with, you know, how to get people to eat healthy. I have people that drink Dr. Pepper all day long. And then I have people who just don't want to eat anything. I always tell people that a lot of times people don't eat because their taste buds have changed and their chewing has changed. Many people struggle with chewing. Maybe their teeth don't fit very well if they have dentures. Maybe they have loose teeth. 
that's when we need to start looking at how do we make our food a lot softer. Instead of fixing something like a steak that's tough to chew, we need to focus on those foods that are softer. We need to focus on things like fish. We can definitely do some chicken breast, but we might want to grind it up with some egg and make like a chicken salad on some toast or something like that. Greek yogurt is a great form of protein, and it's something that we can add berries to. Berries are one of those great foods that will decrease inflammation in our body. The other thing is something like olive oil, cooking with olive oil, adding it to a little bit of our pasta, tomatoes, so that's things eaten like even spaghetti with marinara sauce. Again, you can add a little bit of oil to your pasta and get tomatoes and olive oil in, and those are both good anti-inflammatory foods to eat. Nuts are also a very good anti-inflammatory food, but those are hard. It's hard for people to chew them. So sometimes you need to like chop them up, put them on top of your yogurt, chop them up, put them on top of your ice cream. There's all kinds of ways to get nuts into your diet. They even now make almond meal. So that is something that you can also add to some baked goods instead of just making muffins with regular flour, do half and half with some almond flour. That's a good way to get some nuts in your diet. The last thing we talk about that raises inflammation is just chronic stress. When a person is dealing with chronic pain, when they're dealing with a caregiver or a client or a loved one who is asking the same question over and over again because they have dementia, the stress level can really go up. Some of the things that help with stress is making sure to ask for help and having some downtime, whether it's sitting in a bathtub, whether it's reading a book, whether it's watching TV. I know a lady who takes care of her husband and her husband normally goes to an adult day center. They've all been closed during the pandemic. So for the last 15 months, her husband has been in the house nonstop, 24-7. They finally have opened up the daycare center just three hours, two days a week. They alternate when people can come in. But the first thing she said was, I just had some quiet in the home. So don't forget that there are things people can do to manage stress. Again, we want to bring down those inflammation markers with exercise. And exercise does not have to be complicated. Healthy eating, especially getting things like berries, nuts, olive oil, fish, leafy greens in our diet. And lastly, managing stress. I know for myself, I'm 57 and I'm already working on making sure that I have these components built into my schedule and my day, no matter how busy I am, because if I don't take care of my body, I'm not going to really get time to do the things I need to do. Because going to the doctor and taking a whole bunch of medicine, that takes time too. So at least I can work in some healthy habits. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The information that I am giving is meant for informational or educational purposes only. They are not meant to replace the advice and consent of a person's primary care doctor or physician. If you wish to send me an email, you can do it at info, I-N-F-O, at symbol, Kathy's Consulting, K 
K-A-T-H-Y-S-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. Or you can check out my website at kathysconsulting.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for going on this caregiving journey with me. Thank you.